In fact, he didn't give us no day to worship. We worship every day. Every second, every hour, from the moment you wake up in the morning, every second you can think that you have breath. That's, that's enough reason to just shout and start running. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated. So, Father, we thank you, Father, for your love, for your unconditional love, for your mercy that keeps on giving, for your grace that keeps on pouring. <laughs> For remembering our sins no more, Father. Forgiving, Father God, your only begotten Son, so you may have many, many, many children such as ourselves. Father, we can boast, Father God, in this relationship because we know, Father, that there is nothing that can separate us, Father, from your love. Even if we don't want to, Father, you still wouldn't stop loving us. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for making a covenant with yourself that you would never leave us nor forsaking us, for loving us unconditionally. Holy Spirit, we ask that you take total control. Use me as a vessel. Father, speak to me, Father God, for your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. You can keep, have the sound in the background just a little bit. Just don't go to sleep now. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, it is awesome to be back again. Ooh. <laughs> I know you guys are not excited. Yeah, I am excited. There you go. <laughs> it's always awesome whenever we get an opportunity to minister, to share the word. Um, gosh, uh, today I make a promise to myself to stay um, on time, but I know often my stories just take over, the Holy Spirit just take over. <laughs> but um, I know the Father's not a father of undiscipline, he's a father of discipline, so I'm sure he's gonna keep me in check, right? <laughs> to finish in time. So, um, quick story. Every time for me, it always amazes me. Um, Every time I get a chance to share the word, <laughs> because I look at my life, I'm like, oh my God, I came from, you know, such, you know, such a long way. Uh, if you asked me three years ago that I would be standing up here, in fact, two years ago, yeah. If you asked me two years ago that I would be standing up here, I would, be, I would tell you that uh, you're lying, you know, and cast every spirit out of you. Uh, uh, but it is awesome. Um, that's the beauty about the Father. He's the one that chooses. If it was based on people, they would choose based on qualification or standard or education or family, race, roots, where you come from. But with him, he chooses whom he desired according to what he's trying to do. Um, he used the humble. He used the loaves those that didn't have identity, but actually, and put them in, you know, have them sit with the great. So it is an honor always to be here. Um, so we're gonna, uh, the series that we're doing this week is, um, well, not this week, but um, for the next uh, two, three messages, um, as the Father lead me to, uh, it's unforgiveness root of unforgiveness. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because uh, just recently, it's funny, uh, I'm gonna pull you, uh, Serena, just I think Sunday I was talking to Serena, well, I think no, last Thursday, and she, I had already had a plan about my message, this is what I was gonna, you know, talked about. Um, and she mentioned something in regards to uh, I guess some form of inner healing, deliverance, things that she had to go back, like to let go. And I'm like, look at you. You know, I didn't tell her anything, but it was confirmation. This is what the Father truly wanted me to do. Because sometimes, you know, you, as you're getting ready, to, as you're preparing messages, you have like zillions of <laughs> other messages that keep some, you know, popping. Oh, you know, this, oh man, this is so many, this is good, this is good, I should do this. Um, but, um, I knew that the Father wanted me to do this, so 
Um, because he did, he does, um, he's gonna use me accordingly. Um, so yeah, when we understand in everything, I've come to realize that in life, everything is rooted from something. We are rooted, our source is in heaven. You know, we are rooted in Christ. So everything come from a source. There is an original source. And I come to realize often we hold on to things by ignorance. And I'm going somewhere. We hold on to things by ignorance. Bad behaviors, bad habits, things that sometimes we don't even know how it, how it got there. When we're talking to people, like our attitude, even sometimes expression, often we'll be around someone and they're like, okay, you know what, I can't be around that person. In your mind, you're like, why is everybody always saying that I'm a certain way, or this, 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 that? But the reality is because there are some roots there are some issues, there are some orphans, spirit, habit, that are still rooted, that are still haven't yet been dealt with. And because they haven't been dealt with, they keep, they're gonna pop up every time they feel like. They're gonna pop up in your conversation, dealing with people, so they're gonna pop up. But before we go a bit more deeper, let's find the definition of root. What is root? Root, according to American translation, it says the basic cause, source, or origin of something. Where it come from. And every, there are many form of roots, like you find roots in many aspects in life, family roots cultural origins, even in our language, our vowels, like when we formulate words, words, I think there's a form, they call it uh, morph morpheme. It's pretty much words connecting together to create a component, a component that gives meaning to a word. So when you come to realize Everything derived from something, it connects. Nothing just, a certain habit or certain things that we deal with, they don't just happen. They didn't just come from out of thin air. It is rooted from something. There is, if you truly, if you go back, or if you pray and ask the Holy Spirit, they will give you the origin of where that come from. In fact, even music, I'm a music lover, has chords, it has roots, it has a sequence to formulate, like when you hear a sound, it's not just sound, but it's a sequence of chords that comes together that formulate a sound. So whatever you hear, the end of it is, it, it's, it's been, it was already created, you just hear the outcomes of what, of that sound that comes out, make sense? We understand the roots of problem, then know where it is coming from and where it begins and how to begins our healing. So when we understand the roots of the problem, we know where it comes from, then we can start our healing. Like we said earlier, there's a lot of words similar to, uh, to roots, such as sources, uh, origin, the beginning, in fact, Genesis. Because of what Adam did, <laughs> we are a byproduct of, the, of that origin, of his disobedient. So, in dealing with roots, the ultimate, we're pretty much gonna be focusing on unforgiveness. But on, when you, to deal with that, you have to first, like I said, understand the roots of it. And by understanding the roots of it, in, in order for you to understand the roots of it, 
we have to first be able to identify it. The problem, because most of the time, that's one thing as human being, we don't like to face the source because often it can hurt. So until we can identify it, we can identify there is a problem. We can come to an agreement, okay, there is a problem. There is a room that needs to be healed. Then we're not even ready to go on the next step. So we identify the problem. We acknowledge it. Then we can start facing it. That's not even the healing process yet. Now you're just facing, okay, you know what? There is a reality. <laughs> there is an issue with me. No wonder I can't keep people around me. No wonder. Because a lot of times, like, we, again, because of issues, because of ruin and things that are within us that we never have the ability and gut to face, we'll be in a, in a community or in a circle where we are talking to someone. What we think <laughs> we're saying actually doesn't sound, like when others hear it, they translate it completely different. And then when you look at to yourself, you're like, well, I didn't say anything. Okay, well, why did you get offended? Well, because what you said was offended was offensive. But those are, it doesn't just come out of thin air. It's carved, it's hurts, past, things that we never dealt with. We cover them with blankets. Or sometimes we don't even want to face them. Or we bury them. Bury something that doesn't, <laughs> we bury it, that doesn't mean that it's still not there. It's like when we say, like, the Bible talks about sin. I've come to knowledge that sin was always there. Because the Father's the one that creates, he's the creator of all things. Sin was always there, but sin was dead. We resurrected sin, or Adam and Eve, through the disobedient. It's the same with us. There's a certain things, there's a certain characteristic of us that we often don't even know that we have them. You know, people are saying, bro, like, you need to chill. Like, you sound wrong. You are offensive. You are, you know, we're just talking. You're just two of us, and then you just up there. I might have said something the nicest way, and then you find it offensive. And it has nothing to do with the person. It's simply every time you hear a certain words, it reminds you of something that hurts you. Or sometimes, you, because you cover it so much, you forgot that something hurts you. So we have to start a healing process. When we faced it, then, through that courage, we can find and come with solution. For healing and to let it go. So, <clears throat> Roots of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a spirit rooted in satanic. Remember, we Satan is what? What's the meaning of Satan? Satan is the opposer. It's a unforgiveness is a spirit rooted in satanic. Often as believers, I think because we've been in church so long, um, certain things we don't even, we look at sin as only things that are, like if somebody kills someone, you know, uh, <laughs> if somebody, um, you know, adultery, those things. We call them, okay, those are not, okay, those are just, okay, that's just, okay. And a lot of it, of course, is immaturity. But immaturity is still what it is. It's still, there's still a spirit, like Apostle was preaching last Sunday. There's still a spirit behind it. If it's not the Holy Spirit, then it is something. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you not to forgive. So whether we call it, we identify it, we call it what it is, it is what it is. It is a spirit that is rooted in satanic and evil. 
And I think often when we come to that truth, that might help because a lot of us, um, whenever we hear uh, it's a demonic spirit, okay, we can easily, I think one thing nowadays I'm probably going to do more is tell people, okay, it is a demonic spirit. Because <laughs> nobody wants to deal with demons. Because <laughs> when we, but when we call it like, you know, oh, it's just, it's just, oh, you know, for, you know, I hate you, whatever, it's no big deal. But most Christians, they don't like demons. Whenever they hear demonic, they, you know, they will get it together. So maybe that's what we need to start doing more. Um, opposing the spirit, of, uh, the spirit of unforgiveness, opposing everything that is love, holy, good, and righteous. It is an ancient spirit birthing from pride. which is Satan himself. It easily sipped in through the inability to forgive. That's how it started. It sipped through when we are unable, the inability to forgive opens the door for unforgiveness, which is an ancient spirit. I'm gonna call it what it is, that way you can you know, let it go. Which is an ancient spirit rooted and pride, evil. Once we don't find the courage to forgive, then we easily open that door. That door is now open for him to do, to minister, to come and minister to you. Unforgiveness gives you the right to hold on to everything wrong that happens to you. Most of the time, most people, like I said earlier, because of ignorance. There are often that ignorance can be in so many ways. Either we don't know, we don't know how it came about, how we got there, then we don't even try to deal with it, deal with that issue. So we find, and one thing we have to remember is the enemy will give us many, zillions of reasons to hold on to that bitterness, to that hate. But once we do that, we open door to different things. Unforgiveness is, is also rooted, it is, well, it is also known as the orphan spirit. It easily plays in your past abandonment Rejection, lack of identity. It gives you reason to hold on to things. Those are the roots of it because, hey, somebody did me wrong. Why not? And it even gives you enough reason to find peace. And it's not of God. To hold on to what to, to to that anger, to that bitterness. If somebody asks you why you like that, you'll find zillions of reasons. But one thing you have to identify to know is that in moments like that, you're not speaking from yourself. You're speaking from a place of ruined, of hurt. So when you open your mouth, what you think you're saying. Is not what you're saying. You're truly speaking from a place of pain. That orphanness rise up. It is Satan's number one way of manipulating Abba's children. That is his number one way. Satan used that. He used that to manipulate God's children. Because one thing you have to remember is that he is a hurt person himself. What's that saying? Hurt people hurts people. <laughs> so often when we looked at it from that perspective, it makes more sense. It is, he is a hurt person that doesn't want you to be happy. 
you are walking the walk that he always wanted, but forever can't go back to. So of course, the only option he has now is bring down as many people he can with him. And those doors are the ways he got through. He comes in. He goes through those doors. You know what? I'm going to make you. It's almost like he's saying that, you know what? I'm going to show you. I know that I can't get to you, but I'm going to get through them. If I can bring as many with them, then okay, I fulfill my mission. You rejected me? Okay. So he's giving you zillions of reasons to hold on because he needs you to keep you in that orphan, nepios level. Mindset of like, you know what? Gives you reason, it makes you feel good. And I promise you, I've, I've met people that actually feels good not forgive others. Feel good on staying bitter. Feels good, and you know what? It, I have an auntie of mine. <laughs> They're laughing because they know. I'm sure most of you guys probably heard some stories. She is an awesome woman. Oh my gosh. Do you know that the whole world is her enemy? Everybody's her enemy. Everybody did something. It's never her fault. It's always other people. I'm like, well, eventually, I can understand if one, two, three, okay, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt, five. It might have been then. 20, 50. <laughs> you got to check yourself now. You got to check yourself. Everybody can't be the problem. Everybody can't be the problem. There is an issue. But if you ask her, to be honest with you, she would stand on her pride and say that I did not do anything to nobody. And she has, she, she has no issue. But the beauty, the interesting thing about that is because, you know, the reason why she can't, and it's crazy, and that's, uh, we have to be extremely careful with things like that because she's not a believer. So it makes sense. The Holy Spirit is not ministering. She's hearing from Satan. She's hearing from demonic spirit. Oh, yeah, they are, that's their fruit. They, 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 that's their, they, they enjoy that. They, they feed from that, that anger. It's like saying, like, when we, um, when we are praising the Father, I can only imagine seeing the angels just praising and just exciting in this room. Her, when she's doing that, she's praising, she's glorifying Demonic, the demonic realm. But if you say that you're God's children, and you are his, and you are in that realm, and you are praising, oh, I mean, it's almost like, do you hear it? Do you understand what you're doing? Because if you did, you would have understood that you are praising you are praising Satan, you are praising the demonic realm. You are praising with the same mouth that you're praising your father. You are praising him. Strange worship. So we have to be extremely careful and understand and allow the father to minister to us. Because I don't expect nothing but from that. I don't expect nothing but that from her. It makes sense. In fact, if she were to say hallelujah, I would be surprised. <laughs> I would be surprised. But from you, as his children, you have no right. And like he was telling the children of Israel, with the same mouth you praise me, you are doing all kinds of stuff with it. You are speaking things out of your mouth that is not holy and godly. So we have to be extremely careful. We have to repent, in fact. I think when Apostle did the repentance last Sunday, that was needed. 
There are times we've, you know, we just moving so fast and we missed out, we forget. And again, that's another, I guess, form of ignorance, nepios. When you just living and just running on, uh, I guess, a freeway and you forget, we don't preach about holiness and anymore because, and people just do whatever they desire to do. They say whatever they, they can. You know, and you say that, and you claim that you belong to him, and that is not the fruit of the spirit. There is nowhere in the scripture that you'll say, I can cuss out, I can speak jealousy, I can hate, I can do those things, and that's the fruit of him. What do you believe in? Where do you stand? What are you doing? <laughs> I used to tell my little nephews, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I couldn't find any better word. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's up? Because <laughs> it's almost like, have you lost your senses? So we have to be extremely careful as children of God that we can't be doing strange worship ignorantly. Because we do a lot of it. Strange worship ignorantly. And the enemy, he feeds on that. He feeds on that lack of knowing, the lack of identity, that lack of just whatever that is. Like, he feeds on it. He's like, oh, man, okay, keep going. He'll keep dropping seeds. Okay, let me go, go a little fa faster. Um, and those are the sign of bitterness. Bitter bitterness is, is an evil attitude which refuse to forgive or to be forgiven. It usually manifests itself in sharpness. Uh, this slide may not be up there. I didn't put all of them for a particular reason. Spitefulness and resentment. A result, as a result of this bitterness, it closed all door to reconciliation. The father, the enemy knows how to keep you in bondage. Because he knows when you pray, do you know that the scripture says that if, and it's crazy, if you have an issue with your brother, which is, if you have an issue, you don't want to forgive your brother, you're still holding him in your heart, your brother or your sister. Don't even bring your gift. Keep it to yourself. And then once you reconcile with them, okay, then you can bring it. But yet we do so many things. We think that the Father is impressed by a little gift. We think that. Okay, if I pay my tithes, I'm good. If I do this, then I'm good to go. Okay, I, I got a pass. The Father is not impressed about your little tithe. He gave it to you. <laughs> You're talking about someone who owns everything. It's like you're doing him a favor. Okay, if I do this, then I get a pass. Huh? Again, those were pride that he drops in your seed. Not the father, of course not. The enemy dropped those things in your heart. Okay, you know what? You can block this. You can, if you do this, you're good. Lies. Lies. It shows how, the bitter, how bitterness manifested. Sharpness, like when people are talking to you, it is really hard and I, <laughs> often you find people that says hallelujah the loudest, that are extremely, like if you're talking to them, like if you hear them on, if you were to go to the house and place the camera and you not being there, and just allow, just allow one day, just leave that camera there for, I'll take it back, one hour. You would see whether or not their life reflected who they say they are. The mouth that they sing hallelujah with, that video record is not saying the exact same thing. How do you have the, the boldness, the capacity, the gut, to live in that and finding rest in that lifestyle. Often we call lifestyle only things that, okay, if a person is living in um, 
homosexuals or um, just they living a lifestyle, you know, corruptions where they are sleeping around. That is a lifestyle in itself. Because you now you start practicing it. You become an expert at it. You know when to turn it on and turn it off easily. You master it. You can lie whenever you want with the same mouth and then tomorrow praying in tongue. Those are evil ways. And the enemy make you feel comfortable and it keep reminding you, oh yeah, you're good. And the Father has lavished so much grace on you and that grace is not going away. But you are hindering yourself from growing. You are hindering yourself from what he has for you. You are hindering yourself from healing. Why? Because you keep making excuses for your bad habits. Keep making excuses for the things that people keep telling you, hey, you need to check that. You can't say that. That was mean. That was hurt. I love this verse. This is what happened to you. Now we're going back again to the root. It's on Ezekiel 16, 4, verse 6. Now he's talking about the children of Israel. And this is the Old Testament. But we can always learn from it. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut. Nor were washed with water to make yourself clean, to make you clean. Nor were you rubbed with salt and wrapped in a cloth. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out in the open field, for on the day you were born, you were despised. Yet I passed and I saw you kicking about in your blood. As you lay there in your blood, I said to you, Live. He's talking about the children of Israel. What it is is they always keep going, they keep always go back. Years, 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 years. He removed them, and all they keep doing is going back to the same thing, practicing witchcraft, practicing the same thing. He literally destroyed the whole generation before. They keep going back to it. He said, at first, nobody was looking on you. Nobody cares about you. In fact, they despise you. They saw you. They didn't put nothing on you. They didn't, put, they didn't cloth you or nothing. But I, I was passing by and I saw you kicking about in your blood, living in the lifestyle, in your sin. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, you know what? Live. He lavishes grace. He says, you know what, come out of it. I give my son, come out of it. That's for us. That was us. He said, live, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you out of your situation. I saw this quote and I think it was really beautiful. Often it's not what happened to us that shaped us, but what did not happen that should have that shape who you become. It's not what happened often, is what did not happen that should have that shape you to become who you are. A lot of time, it's a lot of us, the reason why we are so bitter, we have so much, so much anger, so much hate, so much, we're making excuse we don't want to let go of the things that is hindering us. Hold on to unforgiveness. I'm not forgiving nobody. Often it's not really what, even what happened. It's what did not happen. That should have. That hinder us. 
Maybe should have, somebody should have loved you more. Even after that abuse, maybe should have, somebody should have looked onto you. They didn't. Your parents probably didn't care much about you. Maybe in that relationship after that, they could have cared a little bit more. I know a lot of times little kids like, hey, you know what? Mom, Dad, I've been studying. I, you know, I got an A in my class. But they don't even look at them, especially if you're living in family that is dysfunctional. So they work, they work, they work to please mommy, daddy, and then mommy's watching TV. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> Often is what didn't happen. That, hey, son, you did a good job. I love you. Some people never heard that before. But those things are the things that are the cord that Ezekiel is talking about. Cord that was not cut off. So because they were never cut off, things that took place, hurt, that took place, but never really got cut off. We, 20 years later, 50 years later, we can put on a great face. We can wear a mask, but in reality, those things never really cut off. We still carry them. And often it's not our fault. Most of the time it's not your fault. We can't change the past. We can't change what our life could have been. We can't change the family. The roots, the family that we happen to be born in, we can't change that. And that's where the enemy comes in trying to use those things to manipulate us, to keep us in bondage, not just us, but a generation later. And make us feel like any correction becomes an offense to you. Any advice become a correction, become an offense to you. Somebody didn't say that you did good. It becomes a trigger. Someone is talking, they talking normal, but because when people used to talk, whenever you hear loud noise, that reminds you of daddy or mommy used to fight. Because it actually in both ways. Any little thing you hear, could literally trigger you. Somebody probably didn't respond to you the right way. In fact, in moments like that, it's both people. Somebody who don't know how to talk to someone, talk to people, they have issues, orphan stuff that never been dealt with. So whenever they open their mouth, in their mind, they meant to say the right thing. But to the world, it's a sharp, Knife. Every time you open your mouth, you mean to write to say the right thing, honestly. But there's still a covered, there's still a blanket that is covered. Old rune, offense. So every time you open your mouth, unconsciously, you're offending people. And the person that is actually receiving from the other end, whenever they used to hear somebody talk to them, it was always louding, shouting. So whenever they hear you, offense. So you have two, <laughs> you have a house of chaos. You have a community of chaos. Why? Because, and the beauty, the interesting thing about that, the enemy is rejoicing in that. He's celebrating. He's like, oh my God, okay, they got it. but we have to come to a place of healing. We have to acknowledge, we have to take responsibility to heal. We have to take responsibility to heal intentionally. Intentionally. There's no way you can change halfway. You have to be intentional about wanted to change. 
those things were never removed. The debris, the hurts, those things, they still there. And in order for us to go to the next stage, we have to be healed. We can't go to the next stage with the same thing because his reputation is on the line. The father's reputation is on the line. Ephesians 4.26 says, and, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Do not let the sun do down while you're still angry. 27, for anger gives foothold to the devil, the accuser of the brethren. That's why a lot of times like, we pray for things, but we don't get answers. It says that he gives foothold to the devil. And the devil is, means accuser. And what the scripture says about that, he's the accuser of the brethren. He's always going before the father. Are you going to bless her talking like this? You're going to answer her prayer acting like this? He's constantly accusing you. It says, for anger give footholds to the devil. And he is the accuser of the brethren. I just add that. He is. So often as you're praying, you, gotta, you have to do a thorough cleanup. As you're praying, as you're praying the Father to send someone, as you're praying the Father for that job, also pray to the Father to Wash my mouth. Purify my heart. Remove. I love when Apostle always says this. <laughs> Remove. <laughs> and that is very true. Because we can't just pray for blessing and then nothing is being removed. In Romans 12, verse 19, it says, Do not take revenge, my dear friend, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to revenge, to avenge. I will pay, I will repay, say the Lord. The enemy take pleasure in our revenge. I'm going to put everybody in check. They did this to me, I'm going to check them. We're opening door, constant doors, constantly opening door because we're allowing him to minister toxic into our ears. And it feels good sometimes. It, it feels good that, hey, I'm going to put everybody in check. Okay, the father's going to take too long. I need to check this one myself. Because most of the time, our revenge, our form of revenge is really, okay, especially, I've been around in church quite some time. Church people, their form of revenge is completely different from what the Father said. They want somebody to, you know, to break their neck, get into a car accident. They want it to be cruel. They want it to be painful. Okay, I want them to feel it. Or the father's gonna deal with you. That's the type of revenge they want. They want, they want to, they want to fill that appetite. And that is a very bad appetite. That is not godly. It is not spiritual. It is not the fruits of the spirit. Because our revenge most of the time is we want somebody, we want to see it, we want it to be visible. So that we can go and boast and say, hey, you know what? I prayed the Father dealt with you. He dealt with you, so that's good. And they will call themselves anointing because the Father dealt with such and such. And that is not, if that's what you're looking for, it's, not, it's never going to happen. 
We don't ask the Father. We don't give him command or opinion on who, what, and how he should do it. He will avenge according to how he pleases. In fact, most of the time, that person he puts around you, it's not even for them, for themselves. For them, it's a whole different case scenario. It's really for you. He's trying to deal with you. It has nothing to do with how many times they cussed you out. Actually, he's trying to grow you. You need to hear that because you're full of pride. Nobody can talk to you. If anybody called you out of your name, they didn't call you properly how they should have said it. We need to come down off a horse. Yeah. Proverbs 24, verse 29 says, Do not say, I will do to them as they have done to me. <laughs> I didn't write this. <laughs> I didn't write it. I will do to them as they have done to me. This is the wisest man in the, world, in the Bible. He's advising us how to do this. I'll pay them back for what they did. How dare you? Who gave you the right to do that? Leviticus 19 verse 18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite. In this fact, we're going to say a fellow brother. But love your neighbors as yourself. I am the Lord. I am your father. Don't take matters into your own hand. Because I tell people all the time, that could have been you. In fact, a lot of time, it is you. A lot of things that happen is, you know, because we're talking about dealing with orphan spirit. Do you know how many times somebody is tired of hearing you talking? Tired of you just being offensive? Tired of you just being negative? Had the father done the exact same thing you're praying for, I don't think we would have been there. We would have still been alive. Because if I were to be like, you know what, father, deal with that person because they are just mean. I just want you to revenge. In fact, this is what I want you to do. Next time when they go driving, make this happen. Because that's what you ask. If you want revenge in your own matter, you have to also be mindful that somebody else who is God's children could ask for the exact same thing too, towards you because you are annoying them. So when we ask, we have to be extremely careful about what we're asking. Like the message we had a teaching about sowing seed. You reap what you sow. If you're asking to sow that in somebody else's life, watch out. So I say that to say revenge is one of those things often, again, that's the lie of the enemy. He's trying to make sure that he is keeping us in so much bondage through our orphans, through the things that took place in our life. He, he, he used those vulnerable moments, those things that took place. We didn't have much ability. We didn't have any to do with them. Some of them were our parents. Covenant that they signed, stuff that they got into that we know nothing of. But he's using them. Sometimes he used them. But the beauty about that is because once we are in this family, the Father lavished so much grace for us to be healed, to grow to repent because we are his children. He give us more grace. That's the whole purpose of grace. Where sin did abound, grace did one even more. So, yes, it happened. Yes, that took place. You didn't have much option. It wasn't you. He know it wasn't you. You were a baby. How could you? Or in fact, even if you were not a baby, you were an adult. When you got in that situation, that wasn't the reason why you met that person. 
when you started this, that wasn't the ultimate goal, but it happened. Yes, it leaves a room, a room in there that the enemy is going to play in, but you have the ability to heal from it. That is one thing we do have, the ability to heal, to heal from ourselves, to let go, because every time we keep holding on to things, it's stopping us from growing to walk into our destiny. We can't go back and change our circumstance, which we derive from. But it's never too late to go back and cut off that cord. We can always cut that cord and obtain the healing that we need. We can always. We can't go back. If it happened, I'm sorry for you. But you don't owe yourself to stay in it. And you can heal from it. And the Father's challenging you to do that. He's challenging you to do that. And Romans, it says, don't pay evil for evil. I'm sorry, uh, Romans 13, verse 10. Love does not harm to a neighbor. There is a love that is fulfilled of the law. On Matthew 5, verse 44, it says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecuted you, the person that did you wrong, that hurt you. Pray for them. And Luke 6, 27, it says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Because most of the time, somebody did something. It came in that orphan spirit sipped in some way, somehow. That offense, that bitterness, that anger, that unforgiveness. It's sipped in some way. There's one chapter there. I want to go back to this real quick because um, this is what we're going to be covering for the rest of the um, series. The fruit of unforgiveness. The same way the Bible talks about the fruit of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit. There is also a fruit of Unforgiveness, bitterness. It says, the fruit of unforgiveness is pretty much started out with bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and malice. In Ephesians 4, verse 31, it says, get rid of all the bitterness, anger, wrath, clamor, and slander. Let it be put away from you. Along with all the malice, all types of evil behaviors. So today the Father is asking you to visit. Visit that place. What causes it? Because that's the beginning of your healing process. Don't let the enemy keep you in bondage. Gives you every reason. It feels right. Sometimes it feels awesome to cuss somebody out because of what they did. That way I can feel good. Okay, then I can forgive you. We have to come to a place where we can't cover. We can't make excuses for the enemy. We can't make excuses for him anymore. We have to reveal him. We have to reveal who he is. Wrong is wrong. Evil is evil. You can paint it a different color. But simply ask the Father to open your spiritual eyes. In and let's see what that spirit looked like. <laughs> evil doesn't look... Unforgiveness, he doesn't look cute. 
nor pretty. I think that's the beauty about how Apostle was preaching the other day about uh, last Sunday about seeing in the spirit. Because sometimes when we, because of our blindness, we can make excuses for the devil because we don't know what that truly looks like. We have an idea. Oh, oh, it's hate. I've been hearing hate since 32 years of my life. What does that look like? But if we were able to see what that looked like, then that would have been a different case scenario. We would have run away. <laughs> so it's important often to ask the Father, hey, you know what? Give me a visual of what that looked like. What does my heart look like? Help me let go of the things that I can't seem to even let go. Every time I open my mouth, nobody wants to be around me because there are things that I never come to the ability of facing. We have to ask the Father to open our spiritual eyes so we can see. And when we see it, as ugly as it look, then we would run away from it as fast as we can. Because it's hindering us, it's hindering you from growth, from receiving the promise. Because ultimately, that's the ultimate goal. Everything we do is to, so that we can conform to the fullness. There is an ultimate goal. We're not just doing it just because. Then there would have been any reason to do it. But we're trying to conform into the fullness of Christ. We're trying to receive our inheritance. If we're trying to conform like Christ, then Christ don't have any hate in him. He doesn't have any hate in him. The Bible, um, um, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, it says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So if our brother was able to forgive, surely we can forgive. If we are suffering, if we are, if we are, if we are sharing in his suffering, part of the suffering sometimes is to forgive that person as much as you don't want to. That's part of it. He was able to forgive despite people who didn't even want him. So part of the suffering, part of the sharing in his glory is this. It's not just the money. It's not just the revelation, the big dreams. That's, that's the biggest dream. That's the greatest. To be able to forgive your enemy and love them. Somebody let you down. That was the only, you, that was the only hope. You are waiting. You, are, you had you put your confidence, you put your trust in that person. Your family was depending on it. Your next big breakthrough, your, op your next big opportunity, your life depends on it, and that person let you down. But yet you have to find a place in your heart that disappointment, despite of it, to forgive them and love them. You don't have to like them. <laughs> You don't have to be friends with them, but I can always love you from a distance. <clears throat> I love you, I have no issues. <clears throat> we don't have to hang out. But like the word says, we owe no men nothing. <laughs> but what? So if we share in his suffering, then those things, we can't put them outside. We can't put them out. When we're reading the word, we can't <laughs> edit. We can't choose what, you know, what scripture make more sense with us. And then the rest, we kind of put them out. Okay, I'll deal with that five years later. That's not how it works. If we're talking about growth, then we have to literally face it. Face that. Because once we're able to face it, then we can face ourselves. So next week, we'll finish and continue the rest of this chapter. The series.
I hope I did good. I don't know. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you, Father, for your unconditional love, Father. Father, help us come find a place. Help us come to the understanding, Father God, of that you are love. You are nothing but love, Father. You love people that, Father, you gave your only son, not even knowing, Father God, whether we would receive it.